Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are back with another segment of Coach's Corner as well as a 2024 season preview. We are so excited to be joined by LSU head coach Jay Clark, who's going into his 12th season with the Tigers and his fourth as the sole head coach. After finishing the season of fourth last year, the Tigers are gearing up for what could be their best season yet with one of the deepest rosters in the entire NCAA. Jay joins us to talk about all the incredible talent that he has between the freshmen and the transfers, plus all of those returning from injury, what his strategy is for lineups this season, the team goals for this season, and so much more. So please welcome to the show, Jay Clark. We're super, super excited about the team this year. I feel like last year you guys had so many injuries, and then now this year you're returning pretty much the same team, and then you have some incredible freshmen, you have some transfers coming in. So my very first question is, how do you feel right now knowing that you have probably one of the deepest rosters in the NCAA? You feel pretty comfortable? I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, you go through a year like we went through last year, and you never want to sort of count your chickens before they hatch, I guess. But uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. This year has been, it's really great. Like on paper, it's a good place to be. We've we've been dealing with a lot of, not injuries this year so far, knock on wood, but- Right, uh, knock on wood, please. (laughs) But but illness, we've had like flu and strep and kids getting it multiple times. And uh, we've only really had the full team in the gym together for one, one week since we started in, in September. So this week we've had them all in the gym Monday and Tuesday. We'll see what happens today. I haven't met with the trainer yet, but, um, but yeah, it's just been kind of, so I I think we're, we're in a good place. We're probably a week or two behind where I would like us to be, but that's pretty much the way I feel every year. So. Yeah. I mean, illnesses are easier to come back from than injury. So (laughs) it's, it's been, you know, somebody's out for like one, two weeks ago, we had seven people out. Um, wow. With some kind of bug. We don't, we don't really know what it was. Well, so coming off of last season, you guys, like we mentioned, had a lot of setbacks, but you managed to finish fourth, which is incredible. Returning a really great team. A lot of people coming in that are really strong. What's the team's vibe right now? Are they kind of like, is the energy high? I mean, I would imagine coming off of last season, finishing fourth and knowing that you're only going to be better. The team morale probably is pretty good, I'd imagine. I think it is. I think it is. I think the challenge is to make sure that we learn that, that we that the lessons that we learned from last year that we keep um, not try to duplicate anything, but, you know, have that same. Can we be that same sort of unselfish team that's doing it for each other when we don't have injuries? You know, because last year that was sort of what drove them, you know, when their teammates would go down, they were doing it for each other. Can that be still be our identity when we're healthy? And I think that's the thing that I keep. Um, trying to remind them of is to learn the lessons from from last year and then and then take that a step further and and be that team all the time and and um so uh, yeah they're they're excited uh it's it's fun when we catch momentum in practice you can kind of feel it and they're looking around the room and they can they see all the good gymnastics that's going on you know getting getting some of them on the same page in terms of where they are like connor we started real slow with her um, getting her going. And so she's probably a little behind uh, in terms of numbers, especially on the leg events where everybody else is. But I feel like, you know, we're getting closer to where we have everybody on the same page. And as that happens, you really start to realize the depth that we do have. Mm-hmm. And you start to go, wow, this this could be this could be a great year. 
So last year, you guys had this We Climb motto, which ended up being very fitting for how your season went. Do you guys have a motto or anything yet for this season? We do. And um, so every year when we go on our retreat, we let the team decide what they want their motto to be. It's really, I mean, we put it on our posters and it's, we want it to be something easily understood and digestible by the public. But so last year when I, when we went to the retreat, I was talking to them about the word we and how, how many ways that needed to apply to what we were doing. And, and they took and ran with that and it was, we climb. And it really was kind of because the previous year at regionals, things had not gone well. And so they wanted to adopt an attitude of, of, of one step at a time and, and not allow themselves to get too far ahead in their thinking. And, and so that was sort of the, the genesis of that. Now we didn't know we were going to have all the adversity that we had. And so it really turned out to be very apropos for the year that we had. So this year they decided after a lot of, we came back from the retreat with one idea and then they came to me a few days later and said, we want to change it. Mm. And um, they changed it uh, to, so this year is get there. And, um, and that's, that's our theme this year is get there. So where are you guys going? <laughs> Remains to be seen. We know where we want to go. We want to go to the top, but the, the caution there is to not get too far again, stay in that mindset of one thing at a time. We've, we've got to be, we talk a lot, especially in the last couple of weeks about, you know, every day is an opportunity and once that day's gone, it doesn't come back. You don't get those three hours back that you have today to to go in the gym and get better. It's once in a lifetime. And so every day is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And, and to just really stack those opportunities on top of each other one day at a time and not get, not get too result oriented right now, because that kind of thinking can, um, can kind of derail you sometimes in pressure moments. We, we have to continue to look at things like this is what we get to do. It's not what we have to do, you know, and we, there's not a sense of desperation about winning it's just about let's have a good time we have a great group let's improve let's continue to hold each other to a standard let's take each day for the opportunity that it is we wanted to get some updates on specific athletes so starting with Aaliyah Finnegan she recently qualified to the 2024 Paris Olympics which is super exciting but what is the training plan for her how does that affect her training plan and also throughout the season how will you manage her body she came out of worlds and we gave her a little bit of downtime and um gave her several days off and then um, and then just started working basics again. We had to spread the bars back out and go back to the rail that we use versus what she was using for her elite routines. So she was already in a good place from a, um, from an endurance standpoint, like she, you know, we actually were shortening everything for her college routines. And so right now she's kind of got an advantage really because she's already qualified. So really we're just focusing on the college season right now. So there's not, uh, a lot of additional work we're doing. She gets ready quick. And so when we finish the season, you know, she's got to be ready for j- late July. So she'll have a solid eight weeks that she can um, start to ramp that back up. So right now it was just about let her rest, come down and get her back up. She just got up to speed on everything for her college routines. She is doing the one and a half vault this year rather than uh, the other one that, as it has progressed and gotten consistent and she was able to do it successfully internationally twice now. So yeah. um, that'll be a change for her. But um, but right now, she you know, she's just kind of rounded into into form again and gotten going with all her full routines. And what about Kaya Johnson? Obviously, she tore her Achilles last season. What's kind of the hope for her? And I guess give us a little update on where she's at. 
looks good. She looks, she looks like Kaya Johnson, you know, and that's, I think she wondered if it would ever be that way again. And, you know, consistency has probably been one of her hallmarks. And I think coming out of the injury, she, she would tell you that right now today, she might not be as consistent as she likes to be because she's very hard on herself about that. That being said, everything looks really good. The double full is back on vault. Um, uh, she's doing everything she was doing before on floor. We don't have a lot of options with her on floor because she doesn't front tumble. So she's got to do that full end. And we, in order for us to get full bonus, we've got to do three passes pretty much. Don't really want to experiment too much with her at this stage of her career. But everything looks really, really good. She's doing a double full again on off beam rather than the one and a half. And the reason we went to the one and a half is because that Achilles was so tender for two and a half years. And um, it just was easier on her to do that then. Well, now she's gone back to a round off one and a half and it's, it's, I mean, the round off double full and she lands it much more consistently. And so um, I'm excited about Kaya being back this year. I think, um, I think she is too. It's, it's a, it's a big bonus to be able to get her back one yeah. more year. Do you think we'll see her on the leg event at the start of the season? Or, I mean, it sounds like she's, you said she's looking good. So I think the big question fans have is like, Will she be doing everything every week at the start of the season? What's the plan? I would say, oh, I wouldn't say every week. Um, I, I hope that this that this depth that we have, my goal would be for us to be able to move pieces around and and not have to ride the same people every single week. You know, we haven't had that luxury around here very often. And, you know, last year it was Haley and Aaliyah. We had to ride every single meet. Mm-hmm. That's not a good place to be. And, um so I think you'll see her. She'll be ready to go early. I think she'll compete all the events early, but hopefully we can be strategic uh, with all of them, not just Kaya, but with with Haley, with Aaliyah, with with Savannah, with um, with a lot of the kids that are doing the all around, be able to kind of move them in and out and and uh, and make those choices as we go through the year. Okay. And you mentioned Connor McLean a little bit already, but talk a little bit about her. Um, is she still on the elite path? What are your expectations for her this season? Yeah, I think it's what she wants to do, but you know, we knew the first thing we wanted to do was get Connor happy and, and healthy and feeling good uh, about the environment that she was in. And so far that's been the case. She's, she's very happy. She's a great teammate. We brought her along slowly. So the idea is to get her college routines going and have those sort of be the foundation that she'll begin to get off, you know, and, and add to as she goes, she would be on a little, an obviously a different path than Aaliyah in that she wouldn't have the luxury of, you know, being able to completely start getting ready after the end of the season. So it is her desire to, to explore that. And so as we get more consistent with her college routines, we'll start to add working on the upgrades and the additional skills that she would need to put back in, in order to do that. Um, I think it's something she wants to do. Um, You know, whether or not she, she does it with us after the season's over or whether she trains with someone else, we'll, we'll see. She and I have those conversations a lot. And, um, you know, I'm not as well versed in terms of, um, how to pace a kid that's trying to do that. It's not my, been my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. I can certainly implement it, but I think I need to consult with some people that know a little more about that track. If, if that's the route, if she wants to do it and train here, otherwise let's get her with somebody as soon as our season's over and let her, let her get ready with them. What is the plan for her ball? Cause I know in college, or sorry, in elite, she did a double. Would she be doing a double for you guys? A one and a half, I guess. Have you started working vault with her? Doing a double right now. She just got it onto, we've been doing it. We brought her along slowly. She's not on the 
middle the middle table in our gym is our competition surface. She's not there yet, but she's doing it on competition height, but very soft right now. Gotcha. And then what about the other freshmen that you have coming in? Is there anyone else that you see that has a lot of potential that you think people should watch for? Yeah, I think Amari Drayton looks great on all four events. I mean, she's she's an amazing athlete herself and, you know, not as well known, I guess, as Connor, but uh, certainly can do that skill level here and and does big, powerful gymnastics and is really relevant on every, on every event. She's, she's another all-arounder that we'll be able to use and move in and out uh, on different events. I'm really thrilled with her. I think Kylie Cohen has the potential to contribute an awful lot, especially on, on, um, on beam and floor. And so, you know, I think we're, we're in a really good place in terms of what the freshmen bring, what the transfers bring. It definitely shores up some holes that we had last year and, and um, sky's the limit in terms of potential right now. Yeah. Is there anybody else so far in preseason that's really impressed you that you think fans should be on the lookout for? Sab has just done a great job of of coming in and and um you know making herself a part of this team. That's a that's a hard position to be in, you know. And so much was made of of her transferring. And I, I think you know she had a great career at Florida, and she she holds them in high esteem and and is proud of her time at Florida. And um, there's no there's no ill will there. She just came. She you know she knew some people on our team and was looking for a change of scenery and. And has really done a great job of inserting herself, not only just her gymnastics, but her voice and her presence has been good and um, and very positive and 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 wants to contribute in in all those ways as a leader. And and um, so I think she's done a great job too. Jill is here. Um, she we had to have a little procedure done on her elbow just to correct something that was that was already wrong. And so she's just actually today will be the first day she goes over the table since like. Um, September. So we're excited about that. Um, of course, Cammy's back and just such an inspirational person to have on our team and is doing a great job and has her vault going again. It's exciting. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of them that we didn't get to see last year because of, of the, of the injuries and everything. So it, it's exciting. We've got an inner squad tomorrow that uh, will be the first day that we're doing full sets on everything. So bars and beam have been there a while, but the, the vaults will be moved over and uh, and the floor routines will be full. So, so it'll be fun. For Cammie, is she primarily doing vault or is she doing floor or any of the other events? Training floor. Um, but we, we, we watch it. I mean, you know, I tell her a reminder all the time, her, her ambition is, is very high to want to do more and more and more. And, and, but you know, she's no spring chicken. We, we call her Grammy, not Cammie. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So the teammates call her Grammy all the time. <laughs> Um, but our, you know, her body, her body gets sore and we have to ease back and make sure that she doesn't go too hard. Cause she'll, um, she'll grind herself to a pulp cause she, she's so ambitious and, and, and wants to do so much, but, but yeah, probably vault is where you would see her the most for sure. Okay. And then, so with all those transfers, I'm just curious, do you guys reach out to them first or are these athletes reaching out to you guys first? How does that work? They all reached out to us. I mean, they, they went in the portal and, um, you know, and they let us know that they had an interest. And, and so we bring them in on a visit and recruit them like we would an incoming freshman at that point, you know, if we, if we feel like we want them or they might fit in with what, uh, what we're doing. I I'm a, I'm a fan of it from the, from the one year kind of standpoint, the grad transfers and things like that. I think, I think we'll continue to try to utilize it in that capacity. Um, 
I'm a little worrisome about if it, if the trend is for kids to bounce around a lot, you know, when they have a lot of time left, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, so far we haven't had anybody transfer from here. Um, but we've, um, we've everyone had, wants to come to you though. <laughs> you know, we've gotten some good key pieces, you know, and I, I think it's just a testament to our team and, and they're just good kids. And, and, and you kind of feel that they love each other and, you know, it's nice that it's, it's nice that people are attracted to, to that environment. We haven't, we haven't won a championship yet. You know, we're not like America's team or anything, you know, so to speak, but we're, you know, but we're on that, we're on that cusp. And, and I think people see the potential of what can happen here. And, 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 um, and we, we've got a good thing going right now. We're excited about it. You kind of touched on this a little bit already, but with all this depth that you have, what is the plan for lineups? Do you plan on resting people when you can? I guess speak to the philosophy for lineup. Every week, a new lineup. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, so many variables that'll happen in the week of a meet, right? So, and you gotta you gotta try to put your best foot forward in most situations. There's there's no easy outs in our conference, so it's not like we can, you know, just run every you know put put a completely different lineup in every week. But right. but I do. I do think when we get to like the Christmas break, we're going to sit down um, as a staff and just kind of plug in sort of tentatively what we think every meet might be a good idea to pick spots that in an ideal world, we would want to rest these people and maybe give these people an opportunity and, mm -hmm. and things in and out that won't be set in stone and it won't be something that we, um, that we share with the team necessarily. But, um, but I think we, we have to think ahead and make sure that we're, you know, depth is only depth if you use it, you know, and so we want to give as many people as much experience as we can, hopefully earlier than later. So we kind of have an idea of what we're, what we're looking at. But, um, you know, so much of that is things out of your control. You know, if we were to have some injuries or if somebody's ill or if final decisions won't be made until the week of, but I think we will try to strategize a little more than we've been able to in the past early mm -hmm. and, and make those make those adjustments as we go. So at this point in time, if you had to pinpoint a strength for the team and then a weakness, if you think that there is one, what would you say? Well, I think um, you mean by events or just in general. Um, uh, I guess however you want to interpret it. Uh, obviously, the strengths and and the weakness potentially is the same thing. I think whenever you have numbers, it's a strength, and you you have depth. It's a it's a great great thing to have, but it could also be potentially a problem if if there's you know, if people don't make a lineup and are they unhappy, how do they respond to that? What does that, you know, what does that do internally to a group? So we talk a lot about that and I'm trying to make sure they understand that, you know, there's six spots on every event weekly. We're not, nobody's going to get uh, everything they want every week. And, um, but the, the, go the overarching goal is for us to all be standing atop the podium at the end of the year. And so, to do that, they've got to, they've got to be able to be unselfish at times. And, and to, that's where I told them, you know, can we be the team we were last year when we're healthy and when we don't have to be that. And um, so I think that their heart's in the right place on that. And, and we, you know, we're going to try to make sure we communicate with them early and often about what the plan is so that it's not a shocker on the day of a competition or something like that. And then, because we understand that no matter how much we're about our team, that it's, it's human nature to have your own personal goals and your own personal ambition too. And, and um, to be respectful of that, we've got to make sure that we communicate um, with everybody at a, at a very high level. 
So I think it it's a two-edged sword on that. The depth is a great thing to have. And certainly if I have to have a problem, this is the one I want to have. Yeah. <laughs> but but if you know you have to have your heads and your hearts and your messages in the right place. And so we, you know, we work at that. We have great culture here with our team. It's not a it's not just a word we throw around, it's something we work and spend time on. And so I, I have every confidence that they'll they'll handle it. I know that they want the same things. And I think um, especially the newcomers, part of the reason they came here was to be a part of that culture. And so <clears throat> we'll navigate it the best we can. I, I don't see any, a, a real weak spot in terms of the gymnastics. Um, I think all of our events are good I, around here for the most part in my time here at LSU, we haven't had a lot of depth on bars and I've got some this year, you know, there's, there's probably 10 to 12, solid routines that could go out there and hit and score and there not be much, much of a drop off at any given time. So um, that's good. Cause I don't feel like I'm smoking mirrors on bars for the, <laughs> for the first time in a long time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we have good depth, I think um, on every event and, and the potential to, to, to really be good. A lot has to happen. We haven't done anything yet, you know, and I keep reminding them of that. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You've got to work for it. So yeah, but it's exciting. So I, I don't see a lot of weaknesses. The, the only weaknesses that potentially exist will, will be between the years. And if we can, if we can manage our mindset if we can manage our approach and if we can be um, do it for each other and do it for the right reasons and take it one step at a time. And, you know, all the things you always hear coach speak, control what you can control and all the things that those there's, those are coach speak and cliche, but they're there for a reason. They're true. Yeah. And, so we just have to, we have to be able to control that. Mm -hmm. Something that I wanted to ask you about is the fact that you have some of the most followed athletes in this entire sport on your team. Does that change the team dynamic at all? Cause I'm thinking back to like last year when you guys were at Utah and there was that whole incident where there was one athlete that had like this group of fans kind of, you know, rowdy in the stands following you guys. Does that impact the team dynamic? And then as a coach, how do you navigate that? It has and I was fearful that it would, you know, when NIL first started, I was worried that, you know, how's that going to affect the internal dynamic of the team? And I think it really just depends on the character of the individuals and like lives, lives a good teammate, you know, she's, she's just one of them. And she, um, she wants to do well in gymnastics and she comes in here and she works and she's, you know, um, in fact, this year is more relevant early than she has been the last two years. I think it took her a while to figure out how to manage the two parts of her life that, um, that are there but no I haven't I haven't seen anything in terms of internal strife or envy or anything like that going on I, I think they all genuinely want each other to do well in everything and and we have kids that are really into NIL and stuff and then we have some that really don't care much about it but all of them I think everybody on our team has benefited in some way from the ability to enter into those contractual things and lives life uh, and and Haley or Lenny or any of them outside of that is their own business. It's like, uh, it's not even a topic of conversation that we have. It'd be like, you know, their business enterprises is, is their own personal business. And it's really none of mine. I don't involve myself in that. Um, I encourage them to take advantage of all the ways to do it. Um, but I don't, I don't involve myself in there any more than I would another person that I know asking them how much money they make at their job, you know, it's <laughs> right. It's, not, it's just not something that we really discuss. The only thing that had that worried me before that incident occurred was I, I could see from the beginning that this was going to be 
we had to reimagine how we handle security and yeah. those because NIL and social media colliding, you know, in the old days, your, your fan base was very localized and it was easier to monitor that. But with social media, you don't know where people are coming from or, or, or where they're going to show up. And, and yeah. because, um, so it's just a lot more unpredictable. And so I felt like for a couple of years, I, I had my head on a swivel at meets, like trying to be coach and make sure that, um, you know, nothing happened and all I could you know, I'm, I don't want to be a doomsdayer, but I, you know, I worry about like, I think it was Monica Sellis or somebody, you know, years ago, a tennis player went over to sign an autograph and the guy pulls a knife out and stabbed her, you know, and, and you just, you don't know when those things um, are going to happen. Unfortunately, we live in a world where things like that do happen. And um, so we have added security. We did that last year and it's great. And he travels with us and he goes ahead of us and mm -hmm. kind of marks everything out and communicates with the local um, authorities there about his presence and, and, um, and where he'll be. And, and it just makes everybody be a little more at ease. I think just yeah. knowing, um, that we have that now and, and it allows me to focus on coaching and, and not team security. Right. Yeah. I've been bodyguard and coach <laughs> anymore these days. I, I'm a too old for that. <laughs> this is kind of an interesting question, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you or your team? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. People, people have their opinions regardless of what you do or don't do. I learned early on. I learned in my last few years at Georgia to stop looking at no offense to you guys, but, but I stopped <laughs> looking at the internet about gymnastics in general. I can't worry too much about what other people who I've never met or who have never set foot in, in our facility or been around us think I just can't, you know, um, I think there's all sorts of people, you know, will create their own perceptions of things based on very limited information. And um, that's probably a mistake that we all make in, in the world sometimes is that, you know, we, we, we live in a world that's so polarized and everybody's got such strong opinions about things that most of us really don't know a whole lot about. And, and so I, you know, I try to steer clear of that. I try to, I don't know if I'm, I'm jaded or just older and wiser. I just don't, I, I just try to stay focused on the, the people that are in this building yeah. and advocating for my team and, and for, for every individual that we have on our team. And, you know, the diversity that we have on this team is amazing and I don't think we that gets talked about as as much as it should. It does to us because we, you know, we are proud of it. We're proud of the fact that in the deep south we have one of the most diverse teams, and that's only going to continue because I mean, I, 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 our staff and our philosophy is very, very much relationship oriented, and and we we spend time trying to get to know each of them for the person that they are, and so. You know, I don't know if that's known, but it's something that I think everybody in this building would tell you that that they enjoy about this program is that um, we do invest in them. We we try to invest in them as people. We're not perfect at it. We're not perfect communicators. We're not great at everything. Um, but I I want to win every single meet, and, and I want to win every championship. But I don't want to do it at at the expense of the experience and the relationships that are, that are had here. And I tell recruits that all the time, you know, if, if we, we're going to win at some point, we're going to win one. I just believe that in my gut, but I want people to leave LSU 
and look back on their time here and go, that was great. You know, I really enjoy it. Not every day is going to be sunshines and roses and I, and I get it, but, but over the overarching experience needs to be one that they look back on the relationships that they had with their coaches, that they had with their teammates and all the support staff that's here. And they look back and think, man, that, that those people really took care of us. And that's, that's really, really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, being competitive, wanting to win. Um, I wanted to ask you about a team like Oklahoma that right now is kind of seeming like they're dominating the NCAA. And you were on a team at Georgia that did the same thing many years ago. So from a coaching perspective, I mean, you have that experience. What do you think it takes for a team to to not only be able to win, but to be able to win a lot? <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you have you have different schools of thought on things like that. Um, some people will tell you the hardest thing to do is win the first one. And some people will tell you the hardest thing to do is sustain it. And I think it really is just about, you know, where you are. Like we're here, we're trying to win the first one. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, I will tell you that and we went on that five year run at Georgia. It wasn't easy. I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't easy. And, and you, people don't realize, you know, just how difficult it is. To do it once is very difficult, but to sustain it is really difficult as well. And so I have tremendous respect for them. I know what it takes. I've, I've been there and seen it and was part of it. Uh, I wasn't the head coach when we did that, but I but I certainly lived every moment and was was a, was a part of it. And um, so I have tremendous respect for KJ and and you know Tom Haley's one of my best friends in the world. Um, you know, we don't talk gymnastics when we, when we talk, but um, I just, you know, I have tremendous respect for them and and the way that they do things. We're very different. You know, I don't, I don't think the inner workings day to day are the same, but I, there's more than one way to skin a cat that my granddaddy used to tell me. And <laughs> so, you know, we do things a little differently than they do. And, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully both, both systems will, will work over time. I, I do think a lot of what we do here emulates the way we did things at Georgia and in, in, in many ways. Um, it's not exactly the same. I learned a lot from DD too. And, and so you try to try to take the things that have been part of your experience and take the best parts of that and, and mesh it together. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, if I knew what it takes to get it, we'd already done it, you know, <laughs> So I think I know, I think I know we're on the right track. I think I know you, you got to have the right people in place. You got to have the right staff around you. I have that. I'm I'm so excited. You know, I, I, I love coming to work every day with the people that I work with. Um, you know, Courtney and Ashley and Garrett are just incredible people to work with. They bring a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and a lot of, um, a lot of thought and they're passionate about, about what we're doing. Uh, you don't want to be surrounded by people that are that are mailing it in a little bit, you know, and and uh, and they don't. They're just they're full of energy and they've re-energized me in many ways. And I know we're on the right track and I know what we're doing is working. It's just a matter of when, not if. You guys are on to something. I can feel it. <laughs> it's, it's building. I think we are. You know, you, you, you get good talent, you get good character around you and good people and you create an environment where everybody's joyful about what they're doing. Good things are going to happen. And that's that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. Last question here for you. You've been in the sport for a long time. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned in your time as a coach? Um, well, I learned something from our teams every year. I, you know, I think the biggest thing that probably has changed, has molded me as a coach, that is something that I learned from 
if I had to point to one person, it was Katie Heenan um, uh, back at Georgia when she came in as a freshman. Everything you hear me talk about is, you know, in terms of the them investing in each other and us investing in them. I always knew that, but I, I watched her put it into practice without having to be told. And and I watched her galvanize, like, not only her freshman class, that whole class was great. They were, you know, they were they were attached at the hip and they, they, they just loved each other so much and it was contagious and it spread throughout our team. And then all of a sudden we start, we won five in a row and I'm sitting there going, we didn't just become geniuses overnight and figure this out. Something changed. And I, I think, I think that group taught me the importance of the, of the culture and the, and the, and the taking the time to be with each other and to learn about each other and to understand the potential differences. I remember Suzanne saying early in the year, a lot of years, like we have to identify what could divide us, you know, before we can identify how we're going to be united. And, um, you know, what are the pitfalls that potentially are there? And, and so from that kind of mindset and then watching Katie Heenan and that whole group be as galvanized as they were, it, it really changed me as a coach. Whereas before I was much more just about let's go um, let's get in the gym and grind, you know? And so I think as much or more important is what we do in our meeting room and where we learn to talk to each other and not about each other. And where we, where we, where we learn about each other's differences and, 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 um, and who we want to be and what kind of values we want to represent. And, I think that's as important as anything we do in the gym. And I learned that from that era, those, those guys. Well, that was all we had. Is there anything else that you want to add that we didn't ask you about? No, I think, you know, watch out for, uh, watch out for landing deductions this year. We got new rules where we have to land and hold and have spirit fingers and all kinds (laughs) and uh, watch for those kinds of things to, to, uh, to take hold. I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the judges do with, with uh, some of those changes and, Mm -hmm a conversation and it's something that you know you got to be careful because i don't want our kids to obsess over it you know and and have it preoccupy everything they're doing but um it'll it'll be a fun year i think um you know we have a great schedule here this year we just set a new record for season tickets yeah congratulations you know they they're Alyssa's mad at me because i don't like them talking about it being sold out it's not sold out tickets season tickets are sold out but we still have we can fit 12,700 in there for gymnastics. So the students, and there's still plenty of general admission seats that are, that are available, but. um, You guys pretty much do always though, when it comes down to it, like, don't you pretty much always sell out your meets? Close. We, I think we've averaged over 12,000 the last two years. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not always a sellout, but it's close a lot. And um, that's my goal. My, my whole vision when I got here 12 years ago was that building across the way from me right now would be sold out every time we open the doors. And, um, that hasn't happened yet, but we're getting closer and closer and, and it's an exciting time and our schedule's great. It, it, you know, it goes home and away all the way through. So, you know, it's a good, good pace and we've got great, uh, home opponents and, so I'm excited about the year and, and ready to, ready to get it going a little bit. We need a little more time to get ready. Um, but we're getting close. <laughs> well, we're really excited to watch you guys this season. You guys have a special team, and I think that you're really, really building up to something. So, <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Very excited. You know what? There's a lot of good teams out there, and that's the other thing I'll say before we go. It, it, in the old days, there were, you know, it was it was us at Georgia and Alabama and Utah, and then UCLA kind of 
crept in there in, in 97 and, and then Florida, you know, when Rhonda got there and they, they, they got up there and now it's, it's so competitive and there's so many good teams and it's uh it's an exciting time for our sport in so many ways because the popularity with, with the television coverage that we're getting and, you know, there's so many more really good gymnasts in the country now that are spreading out to, to various teams all over the country. I hope the NCAA will give us some more scholarships because we haven't had an increase since 1995. That needs yeah. to happen mm-hmm. uh, and give give more people opportunity to to be on scholarship in our sport. But it's an exciting time for our sport. And, I, I you know, I, I appreciate what you guys do because it just it helps spread the spread the love, you know, and the more, the more people we have doing what you're doing, the more people get informed, the more people learn more about our sport. And, and we, we, we got to continue to cultivate new fan bases, you know, yeah. everywhere, at every school. And uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I hope when I'm done that maybe I can help people do, you know, in, in my retired life one day. So yeah, uh, keep up doing what you're doing. Well, oh, thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate that. We want to say thank you so much to Jay for taking the time to come chat with us and we are wishing you and your team the best of luck this season. So as we always do, now we're going to get into our season preview and predictions for LSU. I want to start by saying that I'm super, super excited about this team and their potential. One of the deepest and most talented rosters on paper, I think, in the entire NCAA. And I can't wait to see what they do with that potential. It's a completely different picture than what we saw last season with like practically the whole team injured, aside from like the people that were in the lineup competing every week. So it's a much different picture for this team and I'm excited to see how far they go with it. Yeah, I think the fact that they finished fourth last season with all that adversity they faced and this year they're just going to be even stronger with the freshmen coming in, with the fifth year and sixth year transfers that they have. And everyone healthy. It's kind of scary. It's very scary (laughs) and it's going to be, I think, a really, really, really good year for LSU. I think they're building towards something special. This is a team that I think is in contention to win the national title and that is not something thing that I would have said, you know, the last couple of seasons. And it's something that I would only say about a handful of teams this year anyways. Like, we said it about Oklahoma, obviously. And I really think LSU is one of the only teams that I feel confident in predicting that could win a national title this year. Because they have the talent on their team. And now they also have the depth. Meaning that if somebody were to go down with an injury or be sick or, you know, whatever. Things happen in life. They have so many people that could step up that are capable of producing like a 9-9 plus kind of score. Well, and also just throughout the season having the ability to rest people and switch out your lineups as needed that's a luxury that not all teams get it's one that LSU didn't have last season Mm -hmm. but they have it this year so like I said really looking forward to seeing how they manage everything and how far they can take things this season because they have the talent and as long as they have the health I think that they're going to be you know, right up there with a team like Oklahoma fighting for the national title. And I feel like if it's not going to be this year, then it's just going to be the year after that or the year after that because of the recruiting that they've been doing, getting some of the top recruits in the country. And, you know, Blue, I'm looking at you. Lexi Zeiss. Kalia Lincoln. Like, they have so much talent coming in in the next two years. I had to clear my throat. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, we're getting over, uh, I don't know what it was, COVID, flu, cold I don't even know what it was it was awful but me and Brittany both our whole family actually was sick yeah over Thanksgiving break so (laughs) we're still recovering 
anyways, I was just saying they have so much talent coming in in the next several years that if it's not going to be this year, then it's just going to be next year. LSU really said we want that natty. Literally. So who do they have coming in? I guess we'll start with the transfers. Yeah. So they have Savannah Shane here, who is a sixth year transfer from Florida. I took a drink of water. (laughs) Hopefully that'll help. (laughs) They have Sav, who is a sixth year transfer from Florida. I think she'll make an immediate impact in their vault and bar lineup and potentially in the all around. Yeah. I mean, she did all four events on and off in her career at Florida, but I don't know. I think last year, best year. Like, yeah. I just get this vibe. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just a feeling that I have that she's just going to, like, come out the gate swinging and she's going <laughs> to... Well, and Jay mentioned that's someone that he's been impressed with in preseason, and he mentioned, you know, her all around potential. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be very telling. They also have Cami Hall, who was there last year. She transferred from Utah but then she tore her Achilles in the preseason like right before season which was really unfortunate because she is a big 10 start value ball a one and a half that I think it's just going to add to the depth for LSU yeah they also have another transfer from Utah fifth year Jillian Hoffman who's another Yurchenko one and a half yes so just continuing to add to that depth I think for Jillian health is going to be the biggest factor like Mm -hmm. she's going to need to be healthy in order to make that lineup but I think Either way, a great option that they've snagged there. Real quickly, before we move into the freshmen, I wanted to mention who LSU is losing from last season, which isn't really a whole lot. I mean, they lost Lexi Nibs, Cameron Ryan, and Maddie Rao, but none of those athletes were ever consistently in the lineups for LSU. So they weren't really in lineups at all, actually. I yeah, think Maddie I, Rao was back at the very start of her career on vault. And Cameron Ryan, it's hard for me to remember what was an exhibition and what was actually a lineup routine. I know she stuck a vault. But I think it was the a, first time she ever did it, I believe, but it wasn't in it. It was in, actually in the lineup. Yeah. But anyways. So all that to say, the people not that were really like losing anything from last year, which is great news for them. No, the people that were actually competing week after week after week, like Alona Shinakova, Kai Rivers got injured at the end of last season, but she was in the beam lineup. Kaya Johnson, obviously. Hello, Kaya Johnson. <laughs> it's going to be so great to have her back in not only the vault lineup, but in all of the lineups throughout the season. I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised to hear that she's already doing like, like she's basically back on doing doubles on vault and she's training, you know, all the events. Yeah, before we talked to Jay, I was totally predicting her to just be like bars and maybe beam this season. But he's like, yeah, she's basically like going to be ready to go on all the events. And I'm like, okay. I mean, hey, it's her last season. She's got to go up big, right? And as long as she's feeling good, I mean, why not? Yeah, I think it makes me just like a little bit nervous with... Oh, yeah. I mean, it always does. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, like we've said, with the depth, they'll be able to pace her along properly and give her chances to rest when she needs it and all of that good stuff. So, really happy to hear that she's back and looking great. Who else do they have? Alexis Jeffrey, KJ Johnson... Yeah, Chase Brock, Sierra Ballard, Elena Arenas. I mean, they have, like... The entire team back and then some. Yeah, well, and then you're factoring in the people that, like, were at 100% last season and couldn't do everything that they were capable of. Like, Olivia Dunn, I think, looks better now than she's ever looked in her career. Mm-hmm. Annie Beard is back, it seems, and I think she's going to be a contender for the beam lineup. Ashley Cowan, I think, is, like, pushing the envelope and continuing to get better. They have Bryce Wilson. So, I mean, they have, like, pretty much everyone coming back. And then the freshmen, which is a really, really good freshman class. So there's Connor McLean, I think, is 
the biggest name. I love how you say I think, as if it's not obvious <laughs> that she's the biggest name in this class. She most definitely is the biggest name. So she is the 2022 U.S. National All-Around and Balance Beam Champion. She's also a world team member from 2021. And I think, in theory, could make any lineup. I don't think we're going to see her right out the gates on every event. I don't think we're going to necessarily see her in the all-around this season. Like Consistently. Doing, doing all four events in a meet every single time. That's more like down the line, I would imagine. But... I think her beam probably going to be her strongest chance at making a lineup this year. And then floor, she could, I think. It's just going to depend on where she's at mm-hmm. and, you know, where they're at progressing her. Jay mentioned that they're kind of taking it slow and the main priority has been getting her healthy, but also getting her happy and getting to a point where she loves gymnastics again and actually wants to be doing gymnastics She was again. so excited to go to LSU, so I'm happy that she's finally there and... I feel like it's just a better environment. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it helps to be surrounded by so many people your age that are also doing the same thing that you are doing and... Yeah, and the vibes are just different. She's so. got like a little community there. And yeah. that's I think a really positive thing. So And that gorgeous facility that she gets to train in. Yes. All the resources <laughs> that LSU has to offer. So yeah, I think it's a, a good place that she's in. I was very, very happy to see that she's doing the full twisting double back bar dismount instead of the double yeah. pike. I was so curious what they were gonna do with her bars. Yeah. So I think she did that dismount way back in like the beginning of her elite career, but then with a growth spur and you know, your body changes. I think she had a hard time doing that dismount. So she went to the double pike because that was something that I had asked her. It was over a year ago now when I last talked to her about her dismount and what her plan was for it. And she said that her plan, this was before she was going to LSU a year early, but as far as like the elite side of things go, she was working on a new dismount just because the double pike is not really a super competitive dismount. And really you don't see it in college either, but it's most definitely not in elite. So um, nice to see that she's gone back to the full twisting double back and it looks beautiful. Her toes are like perfectly pointed and that's not something that we see all the time. So bars wasn't her strongest event as an elite, but I feel like in college, you know, you have an easier routine composition. I think Connor's made for NCAA bars once Mm. they had that dismount figured out, especially. Yeah, but really nice to see that video. I was like, okay, good. We have a dismount. Floor, we've seen her training a double layout. So yeah, I think, and then Vol, obviously, Jay said she's still training the Urchenko double. We also heard from somebody who's been to some of their, um, like, in gym and her squads that they've seen her training a one and a half so jay didn't mention that but just something to maybe keep your eye out for as well that you take a one and a half on vault as an option potentially they also have amari drayton who was at 2021 olympic trials she was fifth all around at the winter cup that year and then going back a few years 2018 level 10 nationals she won the all around and an even bar titles and also finished second on floor and third on beam so yeah, I think she, you know, being a former elite gymnast brings that high-level competitive experience. She's a powerful athlete, so I think that her vault and her floor, I'd expect her to make an immediate impact on those events. She does a, well, she did a Yurchenko double in elite, but we've seen her training a one and a half at LSU that looks amazing. Floor is going to be a big event for her. But really, I think in the all-around, mm-hmm. she can factor in. Yeah, and Jay mentioned that as well, her as potential all-rounder. So they have, like, so many people that could be potential all-rounders is wild. They also have Kylie Cohen, who is the 2021 Level 10 National All-Around Bars and Floor Champion. She's also a Nasty Lucan Cup qualifier from that year. And then there's Leah Miller, who is the 2022 Arizona State Championship Silver Medalist on Floor. 
And they had Brooke Simpson, who is another walk-on athlete that came in, but then announced that she was taking a step away from the sport. So, uh-huh. But I think a pretty talented freshman class, for sure, no doubt. And weaving them in with the people that were on the team last year, when everyone's at full strength, it's just like, how do you make these lineups? I do not envy Jay Clark and the rest of the coaching staff having to <laughs> decide who's going to compete because... I mean, I guess they're probably really happy about it, given how last year they had, like, no depth. This is, like, the complete opposite. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll never take that for granted. (laughs) But I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, especially on, I would say, floor. Floor and also vault. Mm -hmm. I think they have the most, well, no, they have depth on (laughs) I'm looking at my little makeshift depth chart here that our global Patreon supporters can go check out. But looking at vault and floor in particular... They have, like, really strong depth on those two events. Yeah. Like, Vault, they have so many 10 start value options. Yeah, I think we counted at least 11 yesterday. Let me see. So, they have Haley Bryant. Aaliyah Finnegan is going to be doing the Archenko one and a half again. KJ Johnson is capable of doing a 10 start value, but her full is just so good. That you don't, like, need to go for it. No, you don't need it at all. But, I mean, it's nice to know in the back of your mind that she can do it. But so you have two with Bryant and Finnegan. You have Alona, who has one and a half. Chase Brock, who has one. Sav has one. That's five. Amari Drayton has one. That's six. Cammie Hall, seven. Kaya Johnson with her double is eight. Tori Tatum has one. That's nine. Jillian Hoffman. That's ten. Connor... I would technically count because of the double, and then also we've heard the training a one and a half. So, and then we were also told that Ashley Cowan was training a one and a half. Kylie Cohen has trained a one and a half in her level ten career. So, like, how many are we at, or do we stop counting? Um, we stopped counting, but I'm pretty sure that's like twelve or thirteen. So, like, <laughs> they're good. They're good on ball, <laughs> and like somebody could go down. A couple people could go down, and they would still have ten off start value depth options on ball, or just to give somebody a break. You know, yeah. like Jillian Hoffman, I don't think we're going to see probably super early in the season just because she like when we talked to Jay, that was the first day that she was going over the table again. Mm-hmm. So she's a little bit behind where everybody else is at. So I wouldn't be surprised if they give her a break kind of towards the beginning of the season and then towards the end, maybe if like, I don't know, Alona needs a break or Sav needs a break or whoever, she's someone that could come in. It's just great to have those options. You know what I mean? I don't know of another team in the NCAA that has, maybe o- Oklahoma has quite a few 10 start value options. But not that many. No. It's like, like you could almost field two teams of 10 start values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody else can say that. 10 start values or just like really good foals. Like Bryce Wilson has a nice Yurchenko foal. We obviously mentioned KJ Johnson. Like High Rivers. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have her Duval just because of all of her injuries that she's had in her career or if they're just going to save her for the beam lineup. I mean, yeah, that not, remains to be seen. Not being able to see Kai Rivers a whole lot on fall and then on floor has been a big bummer. Yeah, because coming into college, she was like supposed to be huge on those events. Yeah, she was good. But I mean, hey, it's gymnastics. Injuries happen all the time. I'm just glad that we can still see her out here. And I'm glad that she came back. She was one that, with all her injuries that she's had... I thought for sure she would be done. Well, in the climb, too, there was that part where she was talking to Alona. And she was basically saying, like, I'm done. And so I took that to mean that, like, she's done, done. Like, not just done for the season, done, but, like, my career is done. Yeah. And then she came back. So we're very, very happy about that. (laughs) So, yeah, I think Vol is going to be one of the team's strongest events. This team doesn't really have a weak event, in my opinion. That was something that we were trying to figure out. We were like, okay, if we had a pick, 
what would be like the the weaker event of the four and i just don't know that there is one with this team vault has has the most depth i would think and then floor has a ridiculous amount of depth i would say maybe potentially if i'm like pulling at straws here to find a weakness consistency i think could be like you got to keep everybody healthy of course and on an event like Vault, for example, you have all this 10 start value depth to your lineup, but how consistent is that depth going well, to be? Right, and when it comes down to winning a national championship, a lot of the times it comes down to stuck landings, the little details, you know, the pointed toes, the legs together and straight. Those are things that a team like Oklahoma is really, really good at. And I think LSU can be good at it yeah they have the potential but i think we need to see it more and we need to see it more consistently yeah so maybe that is what i would say for like a a quote-unquote weakness and i'm saying quote-unquote because i don't actually think they have a weakness they're pretty well-rounded as a team but i think staying healthy and then getting people consistent in the lineup yeah and that's also a challenge when you have so much depth on your team is you're constantly pulling people out putting people in that it could be hard for somebody to actually get confidence and consistency in a lineup spot when the lineups are constantly changing yeah so that's another element too potentially but yeah i think the biggest thing that sets oklahoma and lsu apart in my mind right now is just that. It's the details. It's the little things. It's the confidence. Yeah. And if LSU can kind of like hone that in as they get closer to the postseason. They're going to be unstoppable. I'm saying, I don't want to jinx. I'm really like, here. (laughs) I don't want to jinx anything, but my prediction is either Oklahoma or LSU is going to win the national title this year. Yeah. That's my prediction. I see LSU back in the Final Four again. I see them really strongly challenging for that SEC title and just being one of the top teams in the country all season long, really. Yeah, for sure. Consistently being at the top of that ranking every single week. And years prior, it's kind of been like, LSU is a good team. You know, they're like a top, I mean, top top, five. Yeah, like top five, top six, you know, that kind of team. But now I'm like, oh, they're like a top three team this Mm -hmm. year. I would expect that from them. So it's going to be a great year. Real quickly, before we go, we wanted to do a little plug for the gymnastics discord, which we have a link to in our show notes down below. Our friend Krista runs it. And it's honestly been like my go-to place for news, particularly as we're gearing up for college gymnastics season. Like there's so much that you can find on the discord. And easily too, like on X or Facebook, Reddit, you know, a lot of things get kind of buried because people are so active on there. There's constantly new stuff being posted. And and Jim Cord has new stuff coming out as well. But the way that they have different like channels. Yeah, everything's for, organized by topic. So it's like easy to find what you're looking for. There's one for coaching changes. There's one for like injury and retirement updates. There's a channel for recruits for like all of the classes. So like there's 2026, there's 2024. Four. I think there's a 2027 in there. Yep, there is. It's right here. I'm looking through it as I'm, as I'm talking. There's a podcast channel that, that has our podcast <laughs> every time we post. 
automatically like you don't even have to subscribe to us you could just go there and you'll get all the episodes because Krista is amazing and (laughs) set it up to where our stuff automatically gets posted there (laughs) they're gonna be having or maybe they already do have uh, fantasy gym yeah we haven't done one through discord yet but I know that they have a lot of fantasy gym leagues being organized in the discord sometimes meets will be streamed and if you don't have like a login for whatever site or if you just don't have the means like if you don't have like a VPN it just makes it super easy to like go click and then there it is yeah i mean there's all kinds of stuff on discord so much everything you need in one and it's growing quite a bit a lot of people have joined the group which is amazing so we just wanted to give a little plug i haven't really been going on social media a whole lot lately you really haven't been like i say things to you sometimes and you're like wait what (laughs) yeah i don't know what my problem is i think i've just been avoiding the internet is just overwhelming for a lot of reasons I like it for gymnastic stuff, but it's hard to go on, you know, Twitter, X, whatever, and just see, like, what you want to see. Like, nothing is curated how you want it to be anymore. It's always, like, stuff you don't want to see coming into your feed. Yeah. And even just for anxiety purposes, like, I just don't want to be exposed to things that I'm being exposed to. So, I've really just kind of been, like, avoiding the internet, but Discord is a really safe place. (laughs) It feels very safe. It's, like, all the stuff you want right there in your face and nothing that you don't want. Yeah. And it's great. So we have a link to that in the show notes down below if you're interested in joining. We recommend that you guys go check it out. Oh, and best of all, it's a positive place. Like Everybody's so nice on there. So nice. And like there's no being disrespectful to anybody in that group. And that's something that's different than some of the other social media platforms. So if you're looking for just like a nice, safe space just to love gymnastics, this is it. That does it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we always end by saying thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Your guys' support seriously means so much to us. And we've been getting so many people still signing up. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, we've been grinding lately, trying to put out so much content, not only on Patreon for you guys, but just with the podcast in general. And we've been getting like a lot of really good feedback. We have, and we appreciate that so much. And that is what like motivates us to like keep doing it and keep going and we really just can't thank you guys enough so thank you thank you thank you and if you are interested in supporting our show and joining our patreon squad we have a link in the show notes down below to our patreon page or you can go to our bio on any of our social media platforms and click the link me and find the patreon that way as well we'll be back on monday with another episode so we're going to be wrapping up the recruit reflection series for right now at least we're going to keep our guests a secret for right now but it's someone who knows a thing or two about recruiting and is going to have a lot of insight to kind of wrap things up for this year. So stay tuned and we hope you guys have an awesome weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.